your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Adrian gets the snap, holds it, looks, sets, throws, pass, caught, one, first down, it's on the 20, 15, shoots the defender, 10, 5, touchdown, Nebraska, Juan Dale Robinson's first touchdown as a Cornhusker. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Here we are, another week of Sports Nightly. Hope you had a great weekend. Got a lot of accomplished this weekend. Clean the garage. Did a lot of stuff. So when you, you say clean the garage, what does that entail? Like, are you talking everything about pulling out. everything out? Yo, took Power washing the out. concrete? Yep. Swept it first and then, you know, put soap and water down on it, scrubbed, and then washed it out, let it dry, put everything back. Scrubbed her with your hands? Got down on the hands and knees and scrubbed no, her or what? No, no, You use a broom. Mm. You know, it's like you're swapping the deck of a ship or something. My dad let me borrow his power washer a few times to wash our garage. Is there a more, like, manly feeling than holding Ugh. a hose that can shoot water, like, 60 miles an hour out of a, yeah. out of a tube, and then you just, you just blast the daylights out of it and pull her clean? Pretty good. That, it's a good feeling. Got it. Got a, the fireplace outside going last night. Did some s'mores. It was good. Well, good did, weekend. Did you, um, did you uh, get the mower fired up yet? I've, I've got it serviced. It's ready. Got the blades clean. I resisted mowing this weekend. I may hold off. I, I'm going to have to do it this week. One day thought this about fires up. Thought about pulling her out today. Um, got the first layer of fertilizer down actually in great time. The day that it rained is when when she was fertilized first. So I've already, I've already explained how. So I live on one of the first houses when you enter the neighborhood. And the guy on the other side is like a grass-growing phenom. And I would say I have above-average grass at my house. Um, but compared to that dude, it looks like, like I said last time, the comparison's like the, the field of the sandlot because that guy's grass is so good. But I, I'm finally starting to green up a little bit. I'm not in his league yet, but I'm at least putting on the same uniform, which makes There's me feel a good. Com- there's a TV commercial right now for one of the big box stores, and the guy walks in, and he looks at the helper, and he goes, I'm in a lawn off. And the guy goes, <laughs> I got you. So they go, and, you know, they load up with fertilizer and all this stuff. So that's what you're in. You're kind of in a yeah. lawn off. Well, it's not even so much a lawn off because I know this is this is 01 Miami, 95 Nebraska. Like, he can't be beat. <laughs> so I, I, just, I just need to prove that I'm on the same field as him. And he's a terribly nice guy. So I'm sure if I just walked over there and asked him, and he kind of knows, um, you know, I'm a first-time homeowner. And he, he, this is a dude that just knows what he's doing about everything. So I'll be working on something, and then every once in a while he'll come over with, like, a, a way better tool. And he's like, here, why don't you give this a shot and make your, make your life a lot easier. So he has helped me in the past. But sooner or later, as, as, a, as a young man, you know, your pride gets in the way of going, hey, sir, how do you get your grass so green? You know, I, I, haven't, I haven't gotten to that level yet, but I think that day is coming. <laughs> Very good. Uh, anything else exciting for you the last couple of days? Not, not terribly. No. no. Thinking about um, getting a car. That's you know the one that I'm driving right now might make it two miles before she shuts her down. So not you good. Know, not good. <laughs> no, been 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 dealing with that. But yeah, I mean it was. Uh, we're doing a lot of meal prepping, and because of the, the the times that we're in, it's something that we've always like 
you, we got to do this. We got to start meal prepping. We got to start, you know, make, make, cause we, I work weird hours and she's a nurse, so she works weird at weird hours. So it's like, we're trying to figure out a way to be resourceful. Well, now we kind of have to, you know, with the situation that we're in. So that's a new thing for us. You know, look at the fridge. Okay. It's Monday. What are we making tonight? <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a new idea, but it's, it's kind of fun. I enjoy it, but that's, that's kind of what our life is anymore. That and walking the dog. <laughs> Well, Tim, Tim broke this for us in our sports ticker at the top of the show that the NCAA Division I Council did meet and vote this afternoon and by a very wide margin voted to approve a waiver allowing spring sport athletes from this year who were seniors to get that year of eligibility back, uh, that it's, they can be paid nothing or up to the total that they were receiving this year in a scholarship form. So this is going to affect baseball softball track and field primarily nebraska also golf and tennis could fall into this as well uh, for spring sports your thoughts about the passage of this legislation yeah you know i'm kind of i'm kind of torn on this to be honest with you um and and i'll explain why i think my first natural reaction is i'm really happy for specifically our baseball guys you know and these are players that you and i have spent in a lot of cases three four five years around these guys um, depending on when they came in the program. And so, of course, I'm going to want those guys to come back. And, you know, we've kind of gotten to know them and their families a little bit. And to see that, you know, their their career end short, which which is the alternate of this decision, would have been kind of hard to take. And you, you, we would have really felt for those, for those players. Um, so I'm happy for them that they're going to get to go out the right way and, you know, get to finish their season when, when it's actually over. I think that's that's great. But I am a little worried about what this is going to mean moving forward for the spring sports, meaning, um, you know, and the first, you know, let's just stick with the baseball thing, starting first with the draft, you know, a five round draft uh, is going to shrink by a, you know, 10% of the players that, that were going to go pro, um, are going to actually go pro now. So that means that there's going to be a lot more college players coming back for their next year. Um, you know, let's just take, for example, one of Nebraska's last opponents, Arizona State. We all know Spencer Torkelson's going to go into the Major League Baseball draft. He might be the first pick of the draft. But Arizona State had four or five guys that would have been drafted in rounds, in my opinion, 7 to 15. And so before this, there's no way that they would have come back to Arizona State. Now with this shrunken draft, Greg, there's potentially four or five guys that are underclassmen that are going to be forced to come back for their for their next year uh, just because their season was was cut short. And, um, you know, they're they're not going to get that opportunity to play pro ball. So that's that's a little scary because that's already going to add roster spots. And then you throw in the freshmen that are going to be incoming. And, you know, there are coaches that, you know, go ahead and they, they know guys that are that are pro eligible and they plan that way um, to in their recruiting classes. It's really going to jam up the rosters. And I'm, and I'm not quite sure exactly what this is going to do uh, a year from now, two years from now, who it's really going to benefit. My worry is that you look at a like, look at schools like Arkansas or Vanderbilt and, and the worry is that the rich get richer and that gap just gets larger. There's already a huge gap and an advantage to those teams in the Southeast in college baseball. I'm worried this is going to make that gap even larger 
um, with the additions to the roster because a lot of those guys that we can count on going pro aren't going to get that opportunity. So they're going to be forced to come back to school for another year. And you, you think about those schools in the South, specifically in the SEC and the ACC, they, they more than have the resources to allow these guys to come back and extend that scholarship limit that the NCAA passed. So that, that worries me that, you know, where Arkansas made it, might have returned three or four, uh, and I'm just using Arkansas as just a team that I pulled out, out the top, and, and now they may get, you know, 11 or 12 guys back. And so it's just – I think the fallout to this is going to be interesting. Um, I think you're, you're going to see some changes in transfer rules by the NCAA. I think they're going to allow – you know, free transfers uh, at least for one year because of the, of this, and you know, I'm, I'm I'm honestly worried about you know schools that aren't quite where Nebraska or anybody in the SEC are or ACC or Big Twelve are financially to be able to afford um, to bring all these athletes back. But it's bottom line is it's great that the NCAA has given them that option. I'm just not quite sure what the fallout is going to be from this. Nebraska has on their roster been seven seniors i don't know if they're all on scholarship like a guy like ty roseberry i don't think he is i think he was a walk-on he came to nebraska when unk pulled the plug on their program uh, but the other ones are mojo haggy gareth stroh ben clinky luke roscom and joe acker i don't know if all those guys want to come back some of them may be graduating and like a robbie palkert who could have come back this year but robbie's like I've graduated. I've got a nice job offer. I, I'm ready to start my life. So I don't know. For Nebraska, it may not be a huge factor. You, you may – three of these guys may decide to come back. Maybe maybe it's only two that decide to come back. So then it's not really a huge, huge issue for Will Bolt and the staff to put this together. Uh, time will tell. We're, we're efforting to try to get Joe Acker on this week to get his thoughts about where he wants to go with this thing. And we're also having Nate Roar check in with the softball squad to see – how they're going to handle that with their senior class. Ben, there was some push, not real hard, but some, that this should be extended to the winter sports athletes as well who missed out their postseason. The wrestler missed, wrestlers missed the NCAA meet. You had uh, basketball. If you made, Some of them didn't even get to play in their conference tournament because they got canceled before it started. Obviously, the NCAA tournament didn't happen. That was not voted on today. I don't. I don't even know that it will get to a vote. I, I don't know that it it, it needs to have a vote because the regular season for all those athletes was completed. Yeah, and that's where the gray area really gets gray because you do have a good amount of schools that had had teams already finish their years completely that weren't going to make postseason, like Nebraska. So. Right. You know, you really start muddying the waters. You know, what happens to those bubble teams? Is it just the NCAA tournament that matters? What about the NIT? How many teams do you extend that offer to? I think that that's just really hard to gauge. And that and that and that is unfair. You know, that think about that if this happened in 2014 when Nebraska beats Wisconsin on no-sit Sunday, how we would all be feeling right now, you know, if Nebraska didn't get that – NCAA tournament berth. That's how Rutgers feels right now. You know, that that's how Rutgers feels because they earned a tournament for the first time in nearly 20 years. They would 30. have gotten in, but it, they're not going to get that opportunity. So it's really difficult to, to put yourself in their shoes um, and, and just, just have that disappear. It, it really is hard and unfair. But I think, you know, having – my logic is you just got to throw it in percentage of season completed. You know, baseball, softball, under 20%, didn't even get to conference play. 
it's not the same as a Nebraska basketball who was 100% completed or, you know, Rutgers was the, was the instance, you know, 90, 95% of their season was already played. It's, I just don't know that you can grant another year. And I think the other thing too is there's going to be enough, um, fallout to the spring sports as it is. I don't know that the NCAA wants to deal with the headache of bringing in a whole nother season's worth of sports and the winter sports to to deal with that as well. I think they're going to have their hands full uh, with with the spring sports as it is and, and to not only double it, but you think about the size of the winter sports compared to the spring sports and it's not even really that close. Uh, you're throwing you're throwing a major product in college basketball out there. That, that's, that's a big thing to deal with. So it's it's terrible i i understand it but um you know i i think it's smart to just move on and you know as unfair as it is i think that's that's just where we're at we'll we'll keep tracking it again nebraska baseball the six young men who are seniors on the roster and i'm not sure all of them are even on scholarship but we'll we'll keep uh, tracking that as more news about this comes out down the road 866-HUSKER-1-866-487-5371 in fact let's go to the phones drew and plattsmith you're going to lead us off tonight good evening drew hey guys i was just curious um is the ncaa i mean are these seniors if they return are they going to count towards the scholarship limit because i'm just how are they going to how are teams going to figure that out then because they have kids coming in that they've already promised certain scholarship amounts to to replace the seniors that they had anticipated to depart and also are they going to let kids out of letters of intent because i mean some of these kids make decisions based off playing time so if you're a first baseman and now the starting first baseman or the senior now returned like are they you know do you still want to go to that school so i don't know it seems like it opened up a lot of a lot more questions it's going to kind of be hard to figure out uh, down the road, how they're going to balance all this. So, I was just curious more about the scholarship situation. If you had any question, answer for that. All right, Drew. Thanks. Appreciate the phone call. You will be allowed to go above the eleven point seven for whatever your current seniors were getting. So, let's say Nebraska's group of six added up to two point five more, then they could go to whatever that is, 14.2 for next year. So you're, you're not, you can go up to what you were paying them. You can't go above it. So, like, if you t- I'm just using this Joe Acker as an example. Joe Acker was getting 0.4 scholarship, a 0.4% scholarship, 40% of a full scholarship. You can't go to 50. you got to go to 40, or you can go to nothing, or you can go to 20. So that's all going to be questions for Will Bold. But you can add that on to top of the 11.7 that you're allowed to give out. Uh, that's part of the question. Now, what will they allow kids out? I think you almost have to, Ben. I mean, I think he brings up a good point. If you're if you are a, a top notch first baseman and you're at Arkansas and that senior is going to come back and he's been a three year starter, you're going. Well, that's not the deal that I signed up for. I think you're going to have to have some flexibility in that. Yeah, and I think that's what I meant by you know the the transfer rules are, are I think are going to be loosened up. You know, it's the same thing when something dramatic happens. Um, and, and this is the first thing. It's not comparable at all, but it's the first major thing that popped in my head. You know, when the Penn State scandal happened, they allowed all those kids to have a, a you know a free transfer pretty much. The NCAA will do what's fair in terms of, of transfer, and I think we can expect news on that. I, I would expect this these des- types of decisions to happen later on, but I, I would be shocked if there's not some type of caveat in there about that. Drew, appreciate the call. That leads us into tonight's Runs a Twitter poll. 
Again, if you're not following us, our our handle is at Husker Sports. The NCAA Division One Council has granted an extra year of eligibility to all spring athletes, but not for winter athletes. What do you make of the NCAA's decision? Your choices are the NCAA did the right thing, the NCAA got it wrong, or you're indifferent. Right now, pretty lopsided that they did the right thing at 65% of you are voting that way. We'll keep track of that throughout the program tonight. 866-HOSKER-1, 866-487-5371. That's our main story of the night. We're also going to talk some Husker basketball. The recruiting winds are really blowing for Fred Hoiberg's Huskers. They're popping up on names for transfers. We learned over the weekend that Deshaun Burke who's going to graduate from UNL in May, is going to be a grad transfer to go to South Alabama. Chris Bassett of the Lincoln Journal-Star has been tracking all of this. We'll talk to Chris coming up next. Sports Highly here on the Husker Sports Network. Greg Sharp with you and delighted to be joined by Chris Bassett of the Lincoln Journal-Star. What I see, you, you tweeted something today about how you went outside and just stood and looked up at the sky. I thought you'd have your golf clubs in hand and playing around at golf today. <laughs> Yeah, I should have done that, I guess. But you know what? It was still pretty nice to go outside and let, let the sun warm me up a little bit and almost fall asleep on my back porch, so I can't complain too much. <laughs> have you had the sticks out yet? I have not yet, no. I've uh, just with everything kind of – well, you know, we've all been so busy, Greg, these last few weeks. Well, <laughs> hard, hard to find the time, so I haven't done – no, no, I just haven't gotten out yet, so – I'm a little disappointed by that. I thought by for sure by now you'd have had him out there at least once. I know. I, I'm starting to. I'm starting to slip a little bit. I need to. I need to get back on the horse and, and get back after it. Well, before we jump into some Husker basketball recruiting, I want your thoughts about the NCAA Division One Council that approved the waiver this afternoon for spring sport athletes to get for the seniors to get their year of eligibility back. Were, are you surprised by that? Is that the right move in your eyes? I think it is. I think it is. You, you know, you look at, we'll just use Nebraska baseball as an example. You know, they only played 15 games this year. And, and you know, for, for those guys to have the opportunity to come back and, and finish out their seasons, I, I think that's more than fair. I really like what uh, the NCAA did in saying those guys won't count against the scholarship limit next year and that there's going to be a, an increase in roster size for baseball. It's currently 35, of course. So they've certainly loosened some restrictions there. Uh, to make it easier for those guys to come back at the same time, it's it's going to be interesting to, to kind of see how the financial side of it works out, how scholarships are divvied up and those sorts of things. But, yeah, on the surface, I think this is the right move by the NCAA. And it would be, I guess, the 20th season for Mojo Haggy. Would that be about right for his career? Yeah, I think that that, that sounds low. It, it might be a little more than that. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it, it, he'll, he'll be back, I'm sure, to play some more. Well, I saw a piece with him, I think it was on 10-11, and he, he did say, given the opportunity, he would love to come back and play one more year. So we'll, we'll see. That's certainly a, a developing story here that we'll continue to follow. Uh, also, something that's developing, and it seems like it's never-ending, and that's recruiting for Nebraska basketball. As the world turns with that thing, it keeps spinning around and around and around. Give me some hot names that you're hearing that uh, Fred Hoiberg and the staff may be closing in on as we're getting close to this spring period opening up here in two weeks. I don't know if we have time to go through all of them. There's so many. You, you know, it, it's funny that it, this. I think the, what you're seeing is this is what it's going to look like going forward for Nebraska with a coaching staff who is so incredibly deeply involved with, in the transfer market. You know, it seems like anytime there's a there's a big name quality transfer that that becomes available, Nebraska's going to make contact with them and. You know, the name that kind of immediately jumps to mind is Trey McGowans, who just yeah. spent his first two years at Pitt um, yeah. and averaged double figures there both years. Was a top 100 kid out of high school. 
kind of kind of fits that that Fred Hoiberg mold, kind of a six four, you know, versatile guard wing type guy that that can shoot it and do a lot of things. You know, and and you can go on down the list, and there's there's a lot of transfers, but at the same time, there's some high school guys too to keep an eye on, and, and two of them are teammates, you know, and they both kind of been kind of started to narrow down their choices. Uh, Adama Sonogo and Zarek Nutter, who both play for the Patrick School, which is which is out on the East Coast. Uh, Adama Sonogo, especially a top fifty type talent, uh, you know, six eight, six nine forward who can come in, can really rebound the ball. I know, I know Nebraska's coaches really like his ability to rebound. And as we saw this year, Nebraska needs help in that department, you know, being able to rebound the ball. So those are a couple guys to keep an eye on. You know, it's, you, I guess you can, you can make a list of probably 20 or 30 guys right now that Nebraska's at least made contact with and has some level of interest in. And, and it's, you're, you're right. It's going to be kind of as the world turns, watching this thing kind of come together over the next few weeks, especially when guys can't make visits to, to come see the school in person. I just realized I really dated myself with that reference. I don't even believe that show's <laughs> on the air anymore. I used to watch that in college when I come home for lunch. This, well, I, was, this, I used to watch it when I was a little kid, Greg, so I guess I'm only slightly younger than you in that regard. <laughs> We're busy with Chris Bassett of the Lincoln Journal Star who covers Oscar basketball. Um, I, I guess let's start with the current group. W- w- what does the future hold for Cam Mack? Do you, is he – I mean, he's still listed on the roster. Is this a guy that you think – I don't know. Do you do you have a gut feeling of what Mack is going to be? Is he going to be here? Is he going to be somewhere else? What do you think? Yeah, you know, it's it's tough to tell. My gut initial reaction tells me he won't be back, but, you know, who knows? You know, the way that, that college basketball moves and the way players move or, or sometimes don't move, it, it's just so hard to tell. You know, we, we know he's declared for the NBA draft but, but kept his eligibility, so he's kept that window open to come back. But does that mean he returns to Nebraska? Or does he go somewhere else? You know, does he go overseas and play play professionally? You know, it's a situation where pretty much every option's on the table for Cam Mack. I, I think you can kind of read a little bit into kind of what this roster construction has looked like uh, over the past few weeks with with the signing, with the commitment of Kobe Webster, the the six foot guard transfer from Western Illinois, the grad transfer is immediately eligible. You know, you look at some of the guys becoming available this year, especially Delano Banton, who, yes, he's 6'8", but he's also got, he's a guard, essentially. you know. And then you look at Kobe King, the transfer from Wisconsin, another guy kind of in that 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", range, who's a guard who can handle the ball for you. And, and you see that Nebraska's, if nothing else, giving themselves a lot of options uh, at the point. And, you know, Kobe Webster's probably the closest thing to a true point guard out of that group. So it, it maybe gives you a, a hint in, into what Nebraska thinks Cam Mack's going to do. Now, of course, we won't know in, until Cam Cam makes his final decision. But, you know, my gut tells me that, that Cam Mack won't be in a Nebraska one next year. It, it, it is, it, with Mack currently on the roster, are they full? I mean, it, it's a moving target trying to keep track of are, are they at the scholarship limit or are they one down? or Where, where do you have them at the count? Yeah, they have. They currently have one open scholarship okay. uh, with with Deshaun Burke and Dravay Green entering the transfer portal. They they were one over uh, until Deshaun went into the portal, um, or they were they were full up. Excuse me, they were full up until Deshaun went into the portal here a few days ago. So currently one open, and then again you you look at at the way thing recruiting's going right now, and, and we just talked about 
all the names of guys that Nebraska is interested in. And that too kind of gives you an idea that, that things are probably a long way from being settled as far as what this roster is going to look like. But, but, you know, I think at the heart of it, we all realize it, it's going to look substantially different next year than it, than it did this year. We're going to all need those programs, those first couple games again, aren't we? I know it. Yeah, we are. It's going to be, I mean, I don't think it'll be like this every year. You know, you're turning over most of a roster or a lot of a roster, but you can look back to Fred Hoiberg's time at, at Iowa State, you know, and, the, and this is exactly kind of how it went his first few years there as he kind of got that thing up and going and built some stability slowly. There was a lot of turnover uh, from, from year zero to year one, from year one to year two until they were kind of able to to get into that, that habit of winning, you know, and, and make themselves more attractive because of the number of games they want. So it, it would not it would not shock me to see a similar scenario play out here, and we've kind of already started to see that. The other thing that broke over the weekend was the announcement, and this kind of came out late last week, was the three-year series with K-State. That's, that's going to be fun, right, to go to the Sprint Center next December for a game? Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I think I think you're going to see a lot of that uh, in the coming years as long as Fred Hoiberg's the coach here. Obviously an old Big 8 guy from his time at Iowa State. Now, I don't think he's going to schedule the Cyclones anytime soon in the home-and-home or anything like that, but you know, I think it's a great idea. It's obviously a drivable game, you know, for Nebraska fans and K-State fans. You mentioned Kansas City next year. That's going to be a lot of fun in the Sprint Center. You know, a place where Fred Hoiberg's got some, some really good memories and won a couple big cool tournaments there while he was at Iowa State. So it's just, it makes sense. You know, that you're going to find quality competition and you're going to find it close by. You can look back to the Kansas series a couple of years ago, of course. You know, Colorado, Mizzou, I think would be a fun one. Oklahoma State, you could go right down the list and name about all of them and say, oh yeah, that, that, that would be a good idea. So yeah, I think it's, it, this is a great way to start it out, especially with the neutral site game. And I think you're only going to see those games continue going forward. Yeah, they played the Cowboys up there in that little quaint gym up in Sioux Falls a couple years ago. And, yeah, that Kansas series was a blast. In fact, Nebraska darn near pulled off a huge upset for 38 minutes. They were the better team that night at PBA. So uh, this will be fun. And, again, that starts next year, year one in Kansas City. Then it comes to Lincoln. Then it wraps up in Manhattan. All right, what are you, what are you doing to keep busy? I guess you've got enough, going, enough lures in the water with all this recruiting stuff that's popping right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's kind of the one, the one, I guess, nice thing, if you want to call it that, is that that Nebraska basketball news never really stops, you know, yeah. at least not for a little while yet, you know, with all the recruiting stuff and roster moves and schedule announcements and things like that. So a lot of that, you know, wife's got a nice honey-do list for me here at home to, to start working on. We, we cleaned out the back room the other day, and I started doing yard work the last couple of days while it was nice. So then, of course, there's always golf to fall back on. Right? So eventually I'll get the golf clubs out, too, and start doing that. I'm kind of disappointed you haven't been out yet. That shocks me. Well, I, I've that. been waiting for my phone to ring with an invite from you, but I haven't <laughs> gotten it yet. So. i gotta, I got to find my clubs and dust them off. It's been a while. So. <laughs> Chris, we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Stay healthy. Yeah, thanks for having me, Greg. Tim had this in the open about the NCAA Division I Council approving the waiver. Kendall Rogers, who writes for D1 Baseball, uh, tweeted, I was told the vote tally to give everyone a waiver was overwhelmingly a yes with the no's in the single digits. So this was a landslide vote to allow an extra year of eligibility for all the spring sport athletes. And a guy who works with us, who calls spring sports, Nate Rohr, calls Husker softball, joins us now. Evening, Nader. How are you? Doing well, hanging in there just like everybody else, hunkered down here at home, but uh, doing just fine up here in Omaha. And you're washing your hands for 20 seconds at a time. 
Absolutely. Without, <laughs> you know, without fail, every single time. I, you know, you, you try every, all these videos out of people trying to figure out what song they're going to wash their hands to. I mean, there is no place like Nebraska's <laughs> been in the rotation. Take me out to the bowl games, been in the rotation, but just trying to stay clean, stay healthy. Very good. Well, you've got with you a special guest you brought along tonight. And that would be the head softball coach at the University of Nebraska, Rhonda Ravel. And, of course, Rhonda in her 29th season at 998 career wins. When this whole thing stopped, we were all thinking about perhaps number 1,000 at Nebraska for Coach Ravel. Huskers were supposed to play four games that weekend against Northern Colorado and North Dakota. And Coach Ravel, first off, thanks for joining us. And this is probably about the first March and April that you've had where your schedule's fairly clear. What are you doing with all the extra time? I, I let, Let's just be clear. It is the first March uh, that I've had in like 37 years. Well, I, I was playing before that. So for my whole life, honestly. Um, yeah, it's crazy. In fact, I had to remind myself, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people going, uh, what day is it? I, I keep forgetting that we're actually in March. I, I think we've got to be in winter because we're not playing softball. Yeah, that's just it. it. It feels like kind of an everlasting winter. And, uh, how you know, softball is a sport where you need people to stay sharp. I mean, this isn't bass, especially as a hitter. You know, this isn't basketball where you can go out and get a bunch of jump shots. This isn't football where lifting a bunch of weights uh, will do you the most good. You need at-bats. You need uh, the competitive opportunities that facing somebody live can do for you what are you telling your team as far as ways they can stay sharp through all this well you know honestly in the last two weeks we really haven't talked about that at all uh i think anytime you go through adversity and having your season abruptly end like it did is certainly some adversity and uh there was you know the first week it was really about shock and grieving and trying to move through that and and you know at, at first they all stayed here and then as it seemed like every hour something was changing in our world. And then one by one, most of them did go home. And, um, you know, we were grateful that they could be with their families. And so what we've tried to do is get together with them once a week on a Zoom call. I've checked in a couple times a week uh, via texting. But we're still at the point right now, Nate, that we haven't really we haven't really talked about a reentry program to training uh, simply because our season ended so abruptly and we wanted to let them go through the emotions that they do go through. But even today I had contact with our strength coach about who's, who's here in Lincoln and just trying to, you know, it's time to get moving again. What was that communication like with the team? I mean, it, you know, when we got off the plane uh, that Sunday uh, from Arizona, I don't know that it was really a consideration that, that we wouldn't be playing softball that weekend, let alone, the entire no. season getting canceled, and, and yet no. the, the no. it swung so quickly from, hey, we might be playing without fans to hey, maybe this weekend is postponed, and now the whole season is postponed. What was that communication like with this team? Right, it was crazy, and it was so fluid um, and quick. So on, you know, you talked about us getting back, and as softball and baseball coaches, what are you always doing? You're looking at the weather. Well, we were looking at the weather. And that kept changing as well. And so we were able to move up 
our series with North Dakota, and we we're going to play Friday. So I was more con way more concerned about the weather. And it wasn't even until Thursday morning I got a call from my good friend, Jess Allister, who's the Stanford coach. And she said, Rhonda, I don't think you understand. I think before the day's end, our seasons will be canceled. And, you know, one by one, conferences were suspending their season. And then we actually, they, they, we hadn't had any ruling in the Big Ten. And we were actually set to go for practice. Everybody had their practice clothes on. The field was freshly drugged. I mean, the grass is turning green. And, and uh, we started talking as a team. And all, we were all distracted. And you could just tell. And, then, and I said, what kind of questions do you have? And I had our trainer there. We were talking about washing our hands for 20 seconds and doing all that. And then I said, I said to our team, I said, I have my phone with me only because I'm waiting for a call from our opponent because they play in the summit league and there's rumblings that the summit league's about ready to suspend play. And during our call, I received that call that they they weren't going to be leaving campus. And so I let that news be known and said, I don't, I still don't know what the big 10 going to do. So stay tuned. And they went about their way and it was about, I don't know, an hour or two later that we heard about the big 10's decision. And so we didn't pull them back again that day, but then we met again in person the next day. And, and you know, I just started out the meeting like, this is a sad day. I mean, I, I, didn't, even, I didn't even know what to say because there's just so much emotion and disbelief. And, and we made sure that we had, um, you know, our uh, sports psychologist there to talk to them about, you know, these are some normal feelings and probably whatever you're feeling is normal. And, and just all the services that the University of Nebraska and the athletic department had available to our student athletes to, to just let them know that they're not alone and we're all in this together and we're going to extend our services as long as it's healthy for everybody. Chatting with Nebraska head softball coach Rhonda Ravel here on Sports Nightly. Uh, at the top of the hour, we mentioned the ruling by the NCAA uh, committee that spring sport athletes, including softball players, would all uh, receive an extra year of eligibility. Uh, what What's kind of next on the horizon as far as that's concerned, as far as the information you'll get uh, moving forward, as far as trying to plan where everybody goes from here? Yeah, I, I think what everybody, I mean, everybody that has any kind of love for athletics, and especially college athletics, understands the heartbreak that went into all the spring sports that, and even the winter sports that didn't get to finish their seasons, but especially the spring sports that their seasons were cut you know, even before they were halfway through. Um, I think as the NCAA comes out with the ruling, I haven't even had a chance to completely read it. But what I do know is that our university and our athletic department and our leadership, I know that they're probably right now as we speak talking about it and talking. And I know we have meetings set up in the next in the upcoming days. And as we know more, you'll know more and everybody else will know more. But um, I just think this is I mean, we were, we're in such uncharted territory that there's just so many things to factor in. I mean, it's just like there's heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak, right? So as we get this ruling today, you see uh, a glimmer of sunshine uh, in, in what otherwise is a cloudy sky. So we'll see it moving forward how we're able to apply it at the University of Nebraska. Well, with the cancellation of the 2020 season, uh, you and, and your staff has had some extra time. And one thing that you guys were able to do with that extra time is uh, a virtual reunion of sorts. You had a big chunk of the 
2013 Women's College World Series team on uh, a Zoom call a couple of weeks ago. Brian, Brian Rosenthal from Huskers.com did a story on that. Take us inside that call a little bit. Why, why was it organized, and, and what, uh, what did you hope to get out of it, and what did you get out of it? Well, first of all, you need to know that it was organized by Kiki Stokes. And I, if anybody's thinking that I organized it, it was set for a Sunday night at 8 o'clock. And <laughs> anybody would know that I would need to set it for about 6 o'clock because about 8 o'clock I'm getting ready for bed. So, um, you know, I, I stayed up until 10 that night at the record show. Um, but it was really, it was really fun. And, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know how long we'd be on the call. I didn't know how much they were in contact with one another. They're all over the country. As I looked around the screen, I thought, wow, she's a teacher. She's a coach. She's a teacher and a coach. I mean, it was amazing how many teachers and how many coaches were sitting there on the screen looking back at me and, and many of them college coaches. So, you know, we spent a little bit of time about talking about, you know, what their, what their players are feeling and how they were uh, treating it as a university. And, whatnot. But um, my favorite, my very favorite time other than just feeling the energy of the group getting back together was when I actually asked one question. And then I just sat back and I listened and I learned so much. And I, the question that I asked Nate was, tell me from your perspective, what made this team special and successful? And uh, they, I mean, they were talking over each other there wasn't a moment of silence I mean they already had it like they like they knew I was going to ask that question and uh I they clicked right back into player mode but the thing that was so special about it is they clicked back into player mode but with the perspective of now in their adult life and uh that was just it was really it was really just a great time you mentioned that a good number of players off that team have continued their careers as softball coaches. Kiki Stokes at South Dakota State. Courtney Brialt got the Clemson program off to a great start mm -hmm. here in its first year of competition. You have a couple of high school coaches among those guys, the uh, Brooke Thomas and Emily Lockman. You know, often I'm sure they look to you for advice, but in this situation where none of you have gone through this situation, how weird was that to where you were all kind of bouncing ideas, I'm sure, off of each other of how to deal with this with your athletes? It was great. I felt like I was a student, and it's really fun to be able to flip that. And um, and I and I really appreciate it because I, I felt like they didn't, they see me as their coach, but all, you know, all three of us were on the call, but I felt like we were in that, those moments we were talking as peers and that was really rewarding as well. We talk about that 2013 team, one of the uh, stars of that 13 team, Taylor Edwards, and she found out some important news uh, this week as well, the postponement of the Olympics. What information are you hearing from her about how her calendar changes, especially considering that she uh, is a member of your coaching staff as a volunteer assistant. Mm -hmm. Well, I think she, you know, she was on our Zoom call on Friday, and I actually had her talk to our players because many of the emotions that they're feeling, so she. And mm -hmm. uh, at that point in time, they they had ruled that they were going to uh, postpone the Olympics, but didn't have dates. And I think it put it'll put many. Olympic athletes, not just in sports softball, but, you know, kind of in a holding pattern with the training and financing the training and just all the things that go along with that. Now, I think as far as I know right now, Taylor is um, in it for the long haul. 
But, you know, there's just a lot of things to consider with her, too. But I think she's grateful that they were able to postpone and, and come up with dates already. So so those athletes can at least start, um, you know, planning out their clock again. Yeah, a lot of plans being changed around the world and especially in the world of sports and uh coach Ravel, we thank you for making some time for us here as uh, as we uh we try to win this rain delay i know you always talk about if we run into a rain delay win the rain delay stay focused you know, it, know. stay loose but stay focused but but try and get something out of the delay and i think that's what we're all trying to do right now you know, you know, Nate, the, I think we need to shift that because this is different than a rain delay. This is more like when the lightning strikes and it's within that eight mile radius and then you've got to sit for another 30 minutes and you just don't know when the lightning's going to stop striking because it's kind of all over the place. So um, I think that's what we're dealing with here. And uh, I'm not trying to make light of what's going on in our world because, you know, sure. uh, even today with our, our world and the state that it is and it's national thank a doctor or a nurse, our, our medical professionals and what they're doing and what they're enduring every day and just want to be really grateful for them. And um, so there's just so many things to be thankful for. And I know that you guys are doing the same thing on your end. And um, so anyway, grateful for everybody and just ready to get back to work. And, and I, I do want to finish out with this, Nate. All of you mm. people that work from home all the time now coaches work from home a lot it's just part of what we do but the actual set up the office work from home regular time i applaud you how you stay productive how you get in a routine and how you really just grind it out so i want to uh, acknowledge those folks too whole different deal for all of us thanks for joining us coach thanks Dave. We're delighted to welcome on board the program a very familiar name in these parts, Matt Schick from ESPN. Matt used to be at KETV up in Omaha. Matt, appreciate you joining us tonight. I hope you and your family are happy and healthy. Greg, you as well. Always great to catch up with you. I remember uh, working at KETV and doing a story on your uh, latest edition. How's the family? They're great. That one's already 11 years old. You, I think you – how long have you been in ESPN now? Is it six years? Yeah, since, uh, let's see, August of 2012 is when we came oh, out eight here. Years. So it's, yeah, yeah, eight. close to eight. So here we are. Yeah, it's been unbelievable how fast it's gone. Well, how have you processed the last couple of weeks, and how has that changed your life? Well, it's it's changed a lot. Um, it, you know, when we were getting the news that things were getting canceled, I had already booked uh, plane tickets to Nashville to do the Vanderbilt spring game for SEC Network. I had already booked tickets to Gainesville to do the Florida spring game on SEC Network. And so as soon as that came down, I said, well, I, I guess I'm eventually going to have to cancel these tickets. And about a week to 10 days later, I did. Um, you're kind of left wondering when you're going to be needed again um you know it's i'm still doing some stuff with sirius xm and obviously espn radio sunday mornings with the show that i do with myron metcalf the espn radio uh starts at eight o'clock central cheap plug there but um but yeah we're just kind of waiting wondering and, and seeing what happens next but it's just been it's just been a shame i feel you feel like it's been a whirlwind yet nothing is happening um, like in the, you're in the eye of a storm, but there's a storm all around you and, and the wind's blowing somewhere. And you just hope that 
we can get over this soon because I, I think there is certainly a lot of questions about when we're going to be back on any playing surface again. It's such an odd time, and, I, and I've said this a couple of times in the last few weeks, that usually when we go through a national tragedy or a world-shaking event, we've always had sports to kind of lean on, and, and now we don't have it. And it's, uh, you know, it's a real void, and I, you know, I know we're, we're being safe and we're doing all the right things right now, and we can't be playing these games, but, boy, for me, you go back to the, the Oklahoma City bombing or 9-11, all those things that really shaped our life, and you could get to sports pretty quick and kind of feel like you're normal again. That's not the case this time. I guess that's what maybe has hit me the most. Yeah, and unlike, unlike those incidents and tragedies that you brought up, those didn't necessarily affect us or affect our neighborhoods or affect right. our day-to-day after about a day or two. Life went on. Uh, but this is affecting everybody, and it's affecting everyone's way of life. And uh, yeah, you know, sports is being replaced. Uh, sports is replaced by Netflix right now. Yeah, uh, everyone's wondering. Okay, give me your top five shows. Give me your top five movies that I can binge watch or watch these series or you know watch Tiger King and be embarrassed and not tell my family about it. Those types of, of things that I've had to in- endure. But yeah, it's. It's a very surreal time. Um, you know, we're out, my wife and me and our four kids and our dog, we're going out for a walk at night. And you see a lot of other people walking outside. People have been outside that I didn't know existed in our neighborhood before. I feel like we're back in the, we're back in the 50s and 60s when people actually went outside um, and, and communicated with each other. It's a very bizarre time, and I don't know how long it's going to last. There's going to be a, a run on front porch swings, I think. If I was to start a business right now, I might start building front porch swings because yes. people may be out on their swings here before. Swings swings, and Zoom meetings. Those are the two yeah. things that I think would be, if you're going to buy stock, do it now. No doubt. We're busy with Matt Schick from ESPN, uh, sometimes known as the due to time constraints guy to move you ahead to further action. <laughs> Look, I, I don't know why we would even – why I would – that voice would even need to be used and any replays right now on ESPNU. There are no time constraints. No one has anywhere to go. Uh, it should be due to a lack of time constraints. We're going to show you what we just showed you again. Uh, we're going to show you every TV timeout. I mean, there, we got no, we got nothing going on. You know, one of the things I think maybe one of the last times we had you on Sports Island was um, I love what you would do with the, the bases loaded coverage for the NCAA baseball tournament, which now that's been taken away from us for this year, and so no no College World Series in Omaha. I'm sure that was a zoo to be a part of that, but that had to be and probably exhausting too. But I bet you walked off the set most nights feeling like you did a heck of a job. Well, it's always fun when you're working with someone that you respect and can enjoy. Um, I think we're all learning right now that when you're in a confined space with someone, you better like that somebody uh, when you're there for an extended period of time. And uh, Mike Rooney was always that person for me, the former Arizona State assistant. He was an assistant under Pat Murphy back in the day. Um, it was It was always fun. It was always a a circus, a whirlwind where you're trying to keep your eyes on certain games um, and then regurgitate it for people or, okay, we got a replay on this game. Let's repurpose it and get it on the air as quickly as possible. And it took you about a half day to realize what screens you were looking at, what backstops for what, uh, what stadiums. But yeah, when, when the cancellations were made and the spring sports were officially dead, 
that was the first thing I thought of was, oh, my goodness, not only no road to Omaha, no bases loaded, no four days of just head on a swivel type of thing. And, yeah, you're, it, it was one of those things. One, bases loaded was the best part about it was kind of as it was coming to an end because you knew you did a good job and you knew it was over. You knew you could kind of take a break mentally. But I don't want to. I don't want to take a break mentally for three months here. I was I was ready to go and uh, ready to call some college bat- baseball games. I called a couple of college softball games as well. So, yeah, a lot's been taken away. There's a lot of, you know, I do some TV studio as well, but there are a lot of guys that and, and men and women that just do play-by-play and that are just now going, okay, what am I going to do next? Where am I going to go next? And um, you're just kind of getting paid to sit on the sidelines. You're like a, you're like a scout teamer right now and, uh, ready to ready ready to be called up. You just don't think it'll be for a while. Tell us what what ESPNU has been doing for some programming. I've heard some talk that there might even be a Nebraska Day coming up, where they may play some Nebraska sporting events for one day and kind of have a theme day. Have you heard some of that? I've heard a little bit about what they are uh, planning. I know there's some some rumors about uh, what they want to do. Um, you know, I know in the past. Uh, they have done some some sports stuff. I know there's going to be. I think it's in a couple. Isn't it like next week is going to be a Nebraska day? Right. I thought it was going to be April fifth, yeah. is what I had heard. But I'm not. I haven't seen any confirmation emails. But look, we've got we've got 50 states, and I think we've got more than 50 days to tackle sure. uh, when things are going to be going down. Um, so I, yeah, I mean whether it's you know Creighton or the Huskers, I would anticipate some good stuff there. But, yeah, that'll be – if we're going to be in front of our TVs and we're going to watch taped games, it might as well be stuff that we're, that we're interested in. And, uh, you know, ESPNU typically does a good job of getting those, those niche fans out there and trying to appease everyone's appetite. Well, they certainly can put in a CWS game or two as well. If it's a Nebraska <laughs> yeah. day, you put certainly with Rosenblatt and now TD Ameritrade, the home of that. Matt, it's certainly good to catch up with you. I'm glad to hear you and your family are, are happy and safe and healthy and uh, keep it that way. And we'll look forward to seeing you back on the air here ASAP when we get this thing behind us and get back to covering the things we all love too. You as well, Greg. Anytime. Just uh, holler anytime. Glad you and your family are well. And time now for our weekend winners of the week. Tim, you want to that lead off for us? Uh, gladly, I will. Um, and my weekend winner is, though this involves coronavirus, I think it's worth it. Uh, there was a dad, a New York dad, about 51 years old, who refused to let his son come back into their house after he went to, to party in Texas for spring break. So he shows up with all his friends. They get out of the car. They've been in there for hours. And he's like, nope, go home. Here's some groceries. Uh, oh. You're not you're not coming in the house because the grandparents <laughs> live here. He's like, I told you to come home early. You didn't listen. See you later. So how about, uh, yeah, Peter Levine of New York for taking a stand. He is my weekend winner. How about that? <laughs> Son, you're not allowed back in. It's <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. No, no, no. I mentioned the term leadoff because my weekend winner revolves around baseball. The iconic voice of the Los Angeles Dodgers, the retired Vin Scully, the Dodgers website, put up a message for from Vin to all baseball fans. I know he's probably talking directly to the Dodgers, but if you're a baseball fan and you've ever heard Vin Scully, you know that he can put you into a soothing mood, and so I thought I'd share that with you tonight. Hi, everybody, and a very pleasant good afternoon to you, wherever you may be. Excuse me, that's form a habit, but uh, wherever you may be, that means most of you are home, just as I am, 
waiting, hopefully, for opening day. I trust all is well. I hope you are far and away from any sickness, and I miss you. You know, when I retired, people asked me, what do you miss the most? And I told them, I miss the roar of the crowd, and I miss the people, the people that I saw daily in the stadium, the workers, the ushers, the ladies cooking the hot dogs. I miss the ladies running the elevators up and down. Uh, those were the people, the ladies who worked in the lunchroom, and of course, in the press room, the writers, in other words, I didn't really miss the players because once I got involved with radio and TV, I didn't have a chance to hang out by the batting cage. Also, I stopped trying to hang out once the players started to call me Mr. Anyway, these are tough times. Certainly, I don't have to tell you that. But having lived as long as I have lived, I've seen this country, the greatest country on earth, get off its knees, literally and figuratively, when they were down and out during the Depression and when they were on their knees after the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. And what happened then, they unleashed a tiger. The tiger was the whole country pulling together and getting not only back on its feet, but saving the whole world. So you and I, yeah, things are tough, but we'll be up off our knees soon. And we just want to remind you about that. And in the meantime, spend the precious time at home with your family, pray a little bit more like most of us will do. And above all, try to smile. Because when you smile, that makes everybody else feel better. God bless. There he is, Vin Scully, the iconic broadcaster of the Los Angeles Dodgers, retired now, but man, was he good at his craft. I don't know if there's any better than Vin Scully, and what a, what a message, and kudos to the Dodgers, Ben, for putting that message out over the weekend. Uh, that's amazing. You know, Josh and I were living together when uh, it was Vin's last year, and so obviously being on the West Coast, by the time Sports Nightly was over, uh, Dodgers games were just getting ready to start. So we watched tons of Dodgers games that year just to listen to Vin Scully and, you know, appreciate his his last year. Uh, you know, I'm not a Dodgers fan at all, but I was that year because it was just so fun listening to him. Uh, uh, you know, in every single game, he you know, he got off on some type of tangent about about something, and it was just, oh, it just made you love baseball even more. So, yeah, huge shout-out to them. That's very good. All right, my winners. Um, winners, huh? Okay. Yeah, multiple. Starting first with uh, Bush Beer. Yeah, you wouldn't <laughs> think that would be a winner, but huge shout-out to those guys. They are partnering with the Midwest Animal Rescue and Services. If you adopt or foster a dog, they'll provide you three months' worth of Bush Beer to go along with it. So... Um, obviously to get through these times and there are plenty of animals looking for homes. It's a great time to, to adopt a pet, um, you know, with animals looking for homes, but not a, not a likely partnership. <laughs> Those two linking, linking hands, it's but all right. <laughs> shout out to them for, um, well, for encouraging animal. Be rescue. honest, Ben, is that your only reason for picking Bush beer as your weekend winner? Well, <laughs> this is a family show, Tim, and I'd like to keep it that way. Otherwise I have no comment. That's fair. Um, like to give a shout out to the truck drivers. We, I know we've got a few that that listen Amen to our show. 
Um, yeah. You know, those guys are the ones keeping the stores stocked and keeping the medical supplies moving. And, uh, you know, for all the talk of, you know, the, the workers, I don't know that those guys get enough credit. So if you're listening out there driving a truck, uh, we thank you and kudos to you for um, keeping keeping us all where we need to be supplies wise. Also want to give a huge shout out to my parents. Obviously doing these shows from home, I got a one-year-old golden doodle that uh, she would love to have a microphone in front of her. And when my wife's working, they're nice enough to, to take the do- take the dog out of here. So we <laughs> so there's not two of us hosting from my house, uh, and they've helped me tremendously, you know, with uh, with this time and uh, and searching for a car as well. So they deserve a shout out. Also, huge shout out to the American Gladiators. Got a uh, got down a rabbit hole on YouTube. Uh, it was a yesterday or the day before watching like two hours worth of American gladiator highlights. So oh, man, shout, out, shout out to those guys too, guys and <laughs> when, girls too, for, for all what they do. When did they don't, they're not still performing. Right? That no, good, no, is this is, this is from the early nineties footage oh, that, yeah, that we were watching. Probably, oh yeah. It's been at least 15 years since that's even been on the air. I would Just think. a tremendous rabbit hole to go down. If, if you've got some time. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, uh, is that a new standard? Ben has said we have to come up with four of these for a week. Yeah, that's now. a bit that's much. A... I can't believe Ben's at the bar so high for himself. But uh, <laughs> Ben is my weekend winner for just trying really hard this segment. Congratulations, Ben. Thanks, Tim. Feel honored to be second place. <laughs> now you guys need to come up with our top ten topic for tomorrow night. We were kicking this around during one of the breaks tonight. We're all like, uh, I think we're, I think we're close, right? We're close. We're I think, close I think we've got one. something. Yeah. All right. Also, um, Brandon Hymas, we're going to hear from him tomorrow night. You caught up with him right before this all got unplugged. I don't even remember what I asked him, so it's going to be interesting (laughs) for me, too. We'll have that for you tomorrow night as well here on Sports Nightly. What an hour, though, here. Ronda Ravel, Husker softball coach, joining us to talk about the newly passed law that spring sports athletes get another year of eligibility. And also fun to hear from Matt Schick from ESPN. used to work up in Omaha at KETV. Sports Hotly here on a Monday night.